0: Oh, wow, the hit presents so hard. They are feeling it in for two. Mamma mia, what a KO. The fight clock is brought to you by Motelov. Oh. welcome back to Throwing hands uh we are this is one day late but we are reviewing fight night munoz forseager daniel how you doing
1: i'm doing great man ready to get down to it
0: all right let's do it uh this catch rate belt first one of the night i think this was the the biggest odds differential on the whole card uh trevin Jones man he really put on performance did you see this fight daniel i, I
1: caught part of it uh after the fact actually and uh, i was honestly impressed with it Trevin Jones, uh, like you said a pretty wide spread on the uh on the old uh, betting lines, but he's able to come out, get the win. Uh, really impressive in figuring the figuring his way out uh, to still looking really dominant in a, a fight that I don't think people expected him to win in any way. If you look at the look at the betting odds,
0: yeah, honestly. And if you if you watch the first uh, round, he was in trouble. He was backed up against the fence, and he got out of it and won in the second round. So, big props, to Trevin Jones. I wish he got a bonus. All right, to the main card. Um, Daniel Rodriguez, you know, he got that big dub against Dwight Grant. Uh, I was very impressed. What were your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, Rodriguez, he did what he does. Uh, he went out, uh, threw strikes with power. Actually, got outstruck two to one by uh, by Dwight Grant. But all fifteen of his strikes were significant. He puts him out in the first round. It was Daniel Rodriguez doing Daniel Rodriguez things. Uh, three knockdowns in the first round.
0: A, a really, really strong performance from an up and comer. Yeah, I really couldn't invest much, from, much more from him. And he, he, in 2020, he's on a 3-0 and tear. So he's one of three to do that, I believe, uh, with Yusuf Zalan, one other person that I cannot think of. All right, so onto this welterweight division. I think, I think he's proven himself to get a ranked opponent here. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him go up against Showtime Pettis. What do you think?
1: That would make a lot of sense. I think that would be a mix of styles that would work well uh, for, for Daniel Rodriguez to have an opportunity to pick up a win there uh, but he's certainly in a position where he's he's earned a top 15 guy he's earned the opportunity to prove himself at walter Wade.
0: all right so uh dwight grant still a very hopeful prospect so this was surprising here maria Gopava versus shanna dobson uh maria agapeva had the second biggest odd spread of the night and then shanna dobson just she got that TKO with that ground and pound after she uh, gained top control. What were your thoughts on this? Uh, Shannon Dobson came into this. Like you said, she was an 8-1 to one
1: underdog. And she comes in against Agapova, uh, who's a huge riser in this division. Uh, and she just stopped her cold. Uh, Agapova obviously had her opportunities on the feet, even moving the fight to the ground. But once she lost top control, Shannon Dobson was just physically dominant. That's the thing that stood out to me physically, in terms of physique, in terms of strength, uh, Shanna Dobson dominated this fight once it went to the ground. Uh, once she was able to get on top of Agapova, uh, I mean, that ground and pound was vicious. I mean, we were, we were watching this fight. And, and uh, honestly, I think she probably caught Agapova in the back of the head a couple times. Uh, you're going you're gonna to have that happen just with the positioning they were in. But Dobson was able to correct that. She was able to land clean shots. And not let Agapova sneak out the back door or anything. And that physical dominance is what stood out to me.
0: Yeah, the physical dominance. She just seemed very, very strong in this fight. And she has a bright future. But we're going to talk about Agapova first. Um, She is still a very bright prospect. I, I definitely believe that to be true. She's only 22, 23, I believe. And she she's got it I think she just had a mess up here so I think we could see her fight somebody the same rank around uh Shannon Dobson what are your thoughts
1: yeah I think Agapova probably doesn't get a top 15 contender like we probably would have seen her do had she picked up a win over Shannon Dobson but like you said 23 years old she trains with American top team she's fighting with some of the best in the world and she's still just 23 years old she's in a position kind of similar Uh, Not the same kind of hype, uh, uh, just because of personality, I would say, to somebody like Sean O'Malley, uh, but sort of an up-and-comer that in the same way got stopped in a way that uh, probably they'll learn from a lot more than they're going to be damaged by the loss. I think Maria Agapova learns from this. I think she gets another unranked fighter in her next time out, and I think she makes a big jump moving forward.
0: Yep, I have to agree with you there. And Shanna Dobson, I don't really know what's next for her. It, I think it's really up to what the UFC just wants to do with her. She might, I think she'll fight an unranked opponent next, but a nice up-and-coming prospect. What do you think?
1: I think Shannon Dobson gets another prospect. That's, that's probably the best bet for her. She's 31. She's only fought professionally eight times. She was a huge underdog in this fight. So I would expect her to get another unranked prospect. She was coming off three straight losses. So – uh, maybe she's figured something out and she gets a winner in her next fight. And all of a sudden she's in a position similar to what we saw with Jessica I, where she struggles early in her career and then turns into a legitimate contender. You never know. Uh, but as it stands right now, uh, Shannon Dobson, uh, despite knocking off Agapova here, hasn't proven a ton in the UFC. I would expect her uh, to look for another opportunity against an unranked opponent and prove that she's moved on from those three losses.
0: Or Sure. All right, two, uh, a very impressive submission from uh, Joe Selecki. He caught that rear naked choke on Austin Hubbard when he took his back when they were standing up. And Joe Selecki mixed in some good ground and pound with trying to find the submission. He was very, very patient, which I liked a lot. What were your thoughts?
1: Yeah, Selecki's patience was outstanding. I mean, he mounted Hubbard from a standing position up against the fence and, and was just able to stay there. Until Hubbard's guard got worn down, he was able to lock in the rear naked choke. Uh, this was a fight that, uh, with, with the way it was going, with how quickly Selecki took the back, you expected it to be over quickly, and it was still a first-round finish, but it took three minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, so Selecki, I was really impressed with how much time he took to set Hubbard up for that rear naked choke. He didn't panic when he didn't lock it in right away. Once he took the back, it was it was a really strong performance. I was really impressed with just how technical he was in setting up that finish.
0: Yeah, definitely. So for Austin Hubbard, it's kind of hard to tell what's up for him. I think he'll fight someone along the ranks of Joe Selecki again, but he has he has lost his last two bouts. Um, he could get cut, but he is still pretty young. Um, what do you think?
1: Uh, Hubbard is. A guy that has potential at 28 years old. He's five foot ten, fighting in light heavyweight, so he's got some length to him. Uh, he's obviously uh, he he loses here to Joe Selecki. He got that win against Max Roshkoff, which obviously, oh, yeah. um, whatever you want to say about that fight, it was still a win. Uh, but he's kind of been really inconsistent in the UFC. He lost his debut, then he beats mm-hmm. Kyle beats Kyle Preplek, loses to Mark Madsen, beats Mac, Ro- Max Max and now he loses to Joe Selecki, so he's just been inconsistent. Uh, he was really successful in LFA. He was consistent in the regional circuit. Uh, I could see him sticking around on the roster, but if he takes back-to-back losses with his track record of inconsistency, uh, him dropping down to twelve and six on his record could get him cut from the roster.
0: Oh, for sure. But I think on to uh, Selecki. I like this guy a lot. Contender series vet, and he just he got it done. He got he's got it done the last two fights, and he got his submission even though his fighting style is more of a boxing esque style. So he showed his diversity here, and I think we can see him make a little a little jump here in competition. What do you think?
1: I think Selecki probably gets a step up here again. Like you said, his second win in the UFC, uh, and it's it's been an interesting thing because like you said, he's more of a boxer, but he's got a ton of submission finishes on his record. Uh, his first three professional wins were rear naked chokes. He's got uh, now five rear naked choke finishes to go with a guillotine and a triangle, one each of those. So he can handle the stand-up game, but he really finishes people well with which is which is really interesting. So if he can go on the feet and he has that ability, uh, particularly uh, to, to find a way to take the back or even with that guillotine to finish people off his back, he could be a really dangerous fighter with the power he's got in his hands and some technical boxing combined with that ability, that, that knack to finish people with chokes.
0: All right. We, we, we got that run down. So March and Procneo versus Mike Rodriguez. Woo. I mean, Procneo got in the pocket early, but Mike Rodriguez, when they got in that clinch, nice overhand, right elbow to the chin, then just knocked him out on the canvas. What were your thoughts?
1: When you have a guy that is, that is as long and has as much power as Mike Rodriguez, people are going to get knocked out. And that's what happened here with, with Marcin Pragno. Pragneo had an outstanding game plan coming into this. He closed the distance on Rodriguez. He got in tight, uh, but he got stuck with that elbow. Rodriguez was able to get back out to distance and just throw haymakers, and it put him down. Uh, there's, there's honestly – no shame in losing the the way that Marcin Procnio did, but Mike Rodriguez is just such an impressive athlete with, with his length, both both arm and leg reach, the power he's got in his hands. He's a guy that, that has a lot of potential moving forward. He was really impressive here to me. He wasn't very efficient with his striking, but when he landed, he landed and it did a ton of damage.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think, I don't know, What's next for Procnio, it's kind of tough because he's gone. He, he's lost, uh, he lost three in a row. Three in a row. Uh, he's 32, so he's not young. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him get the boot. What do I you think? I think he
1: gets cut because he's lost every fight he's had in the UFC. He's 0-3 in the UFC.
0: Yeah. I th- it's, it's He, he had a simple. ton of
1: success. He had a ton of success in one championship, uh, but the UFC is a completely different animal, and he's th- lost every fight.
0: Yeah, and I think – uh, Procneo shows that, hey, this dude is this, – this place is built different in the UFC. Yeah. So, uh, And for Rodriguez, I think we see him get a ranked contender, to be honest. I mean, I don't know. Paul Craig maybe? I know he wants to fight Hua next, but I don't know. What are your thoughts?
1: It's interesting because a, a guy like Mike Rodriguez, he's been around for three years. He fought in the Contender Series three years ago, I should say. Made his UFC debut in 2018 with a loss. He's not a guy that is a streaking prospect where he's won two or three fights in a row, but he was so impressive against Procneo that honestly, I could see him getting a top 15 guy. I think the UFC may throw one more test at him to get a little bit more momentum before they give him a contender, but I could easily see them matching him up with a top 15 guy
0: to really test his mettle, especially since he's already 31. Oh, for sure, for sure. All right, but before we go to the main event, I want to talk about this guy a little bit, uh, the Beverly Hills Ninja, Jordan Wright. Very impressive performance. He's usually a middleweight. Uh, he weighed in at two, 200 pounds at the 205 division, and he knocked Isaac Villanueva out. Um, he was going to be on the contender series in a couple weeks, but, hey, he proved he can do stuff right now. I don't know if you saw this fight, but what, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, Jordan Wright did it. I mean, he, he came in, like you said, was expected to be a contender series guy. Uh, is typically fighting at a lower weight class, comes in against Villanueva, who's a big dude. If you've seen if you saw this fight or you've seen pictures of Isaac Villanueva, he's a big man. And and Jordan Wright came in, put the dude down for the count. Eight uh 15 significant strikes to seven. Uh Jordan Wright on the scorecards and just in terms of impression
0: looked awesome in this fight. Yep. I mean we'll see him get another prospect probably down yeah. at 185, but hey Props to Jordan Wright. All right, to the main event of the evening, Pedro Munoz for Frankie Egger. You and I have no idea how Frankie Egger won on the scorecards. Pedro uh, Munoz won this fight. I Yes, he won this fight. And if you look here, if you're watching on YouTube, all but four people, uh, like media members, scored it for Frankie Egger. And include our, our friend uh, Phil Murphy scored it for Pedro Munoz too. So shout out to Phil Murphy. Um yeah, it was a really interesting fight. Pedro Munoz landed more significant strikes. He had more octagon control. He controlled the octagon for 95% of the fight. And I think I think Edgar probably won the second round, and I think that was it in my book. What were your thoughts?
1: I, I really don't understand this decision. I, I really don't, because Pedro Munoz, like you said, octagon control is one of the last things you look at, but he dominated octagon control. Uh, he landed more strikes, 166 to 135. These were two guys that were throwing a lot of shots. Did Frankie Edgar, Edgar maybe land some bigger shots than Pedro Munoz? It's entirely possible. But Munoz was giving it right back to him. Uh, Edgar had two takedowns, but in a five-round main event, it's it's not going to have that much of an impact if you land two takedowns to, to Munoz with zero. I just don't understand the decision. I get that Frankie Edgar's a legend. I get the judges are supposed to be impartial, and I don't want to question question uh, what what they bring to the table. Uh, but you got to wonder if that kind of snuck in the back of their minds. Frankie Edgar, obviously, if if you've been watching him for a long time, he's been so impressive. I don't know if that's something that, that sneaks around in the back of your head and you think that you're – I just don't understand it. I, I don't understand the decision. Uh, Pedro Munoz, by literally every metric, won this fight. I don't, I don't get how you give Frankie Edgar a split decision here, and I don't understand how somebody scored at forty nine forty six. Who gave Frankie Edgar four rounds in that fight?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. It, it's a conundrum, but we'll deal with it. Yeah, the, someone oh, from no, MMA mean
1: Actually, it wasn't forty nine forty six. Somebody gave Saldivar is the only sane person because he gave it was forty nine forty six. In favor of Munoz. I I misspoke there. Yeah. Um, But 49-46 in favor of Munoz is what I would have scored it. Uh, I could see it going 48-47 Munoz, but anything that goes in Frankie Edgar's direction, I just don't understand.
0: Yeah, and uh, someone from MMA Mania scored it 49-46 to Edgar. So I don't know what they were watching. They must have been watching some old film. Anyway, so let me head over to the rankings. Uh, Pedro Munoz dropped down to six. Everybody dropped down one. I think we could see an Aldo fight next. Maybe Sandhagen. I I would like to see one of those the these two guys go at it. Uh, what are your thoughts?
1: I think Corey Sandhagen would be a really good fight for Pedro Munoz. Two guys that have been knocked off by legitimate contenders that are trying to get their feet back under them, and they're two guys that are still relatively young that have a lot of potential in this division. I think if you're looking to get one of them quickly back into title contention, that could be where you go. But Honestly, as young as Corey Sanhagen is and as much of a top prospect as he is, I'm not sure you would want to put him in a position where he could lose back-to-back.
0: Yeah, you make a good point there. And, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Corey Sanhagen, you know, some comes up one day and takes the title. He's, he's that good of a kickboxer. So, we'll see what happens there. Frankie Edgar, um, I'm still salty, so I'm going to be, like, mean about it. Uh, it's – He's not going to fight any any of these guys in the top four right now, I don't think, because we got Corey Sanhagen, like you said, we don't want him losing back-to-back. Cardi Garbrandt, who's going down to the flyweight division to grab the championship. Aljamain Sterling, who's next up. And, you know, Marlon Marais has been just thrown in the dumpster in this division. Like That's a shame, man. It's a shame. He's so good. And, I don't know, we could see Jimmy Rivera maybe, Rafael Salford, Frankie Edgar. That's what I see. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's Edgar's going to have to wait on a fight if he's not willing to move to another weight class, which it seemed like the way he was talking before this fight, he thinks he's in bantam weight to stay. Uh, but I think Marlon Moraes is in a position where the next title fight's going to come between him and Aljamain Sterling, and if he doesn't get the next one, he's in a position to wait for the winner of Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling. Like you said, Cody Garbrandt's moving down to 125 uh, to at least fight Davis and Figueredo so Frankie Edgar, he's going to have to wait on a fight. I I don't know who that would be. You could match him up with Jose Aldo uh, as two guys that have recently moved into this division, but he's going to have to wait for an opponent. In my opinion, he's going to wait for have to wait for some of these other guys to fight at least one more time uh, for some of this contender situation to be figured out.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I don't know. I guess we can skim over um, Marais for a sec. I feel bad for this dude. Like, he might not even he's probably not going to fight this year. Yeah. Yeah. He's
1: been he's been passed over twice for the bantamweight title.
0: Yeah, I think he deserves it. I I think you and I can definitely both agree that he deserves that title should have been,
1: my... It should have been Piotr Jan versus Marlon Moraes. Yeah. For the vacant title.
0: Definitely not not Aldo
1: I get that Jose Aldo's an all-time legend. I get that he's a huge name.